0: Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily Number 192. It is Wednesday, August 26th. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and banks beware. This podcast is brought to you by Nwaj Tech, a client focused and security minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N W A J tech.com. It is the new Friday, also known as Thursday. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. And if you do that, I will not take a three-day weekend, and I will record tomorrow. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, if you could go to Facebook and or LinkedIn and type in Get HIPAA Compliance and join that group, you'll learn lots of HIPAA stuff, including some stuff we have to share today. All right, first up on the Hacker News, and pretty much posted everywhere, Russian arrested after offering $1 million to U.S. company employee for planting malware. So insider threats is a big deal. Hackers always find a way in, even if if there's no software vulnerability to exploit. The FBI has arrested a Russian national who recently traveled to the U.S. and offered $1 million in bribe to an employee of a targeted company for his help in installing malware into the company's computer network manually. Igor Igorovich Khrushchev, 27-year-old, entered the United States as a tourist and was arrested in Los Angeles after meeting with the unnamed employee of an undisclosed Nevada-based company numerous times between August 1st and August 21st to discuss the conspiracy. On or about July 16th, Igor Igorovich Khrushchev used his WhatsApp account to contact the employee of victim company and arranged to visit in person in the District of Nevada, the court documents say. On or about July 28th, Igor Igorovich Khrushchev entered the United States using his Russian passport and a B-1B-2 tourist visa. Khrushchev also asked the, employees, the employee to participate in developing tailored malware by sharing information about the company's infrastructure. According to the court documents released by the U.S. Justice Department, the malicious software Khrushchev asked to install aims to extract data from the company's network, allowing attackers to threaten it later to make the information public unless it pays a ransom. Khrushchev and his co-conspirators in Russia promised the employee to pay $1 million in bitcoins after successfully planting it the said malware and offered a l- to launch a DDoS attack on a company's network to divert attention from the malware. If CHS1 employee agreed to this arrangement, the group would provide the malware to CHS1 in either a thumb drive to be inserted into computer's USB drive or an email with an attachment containing malware. The and don't. Identi- The unidentified co-conspirator discussed various means by which to pay the employee, including payments using cryptocurrency, a guarantor, security deposit, or cash. After being contacted by FBI, Khrushchev drove overnight from Reno, Nevada to Los Angeles. Khrushchev asked an acquaintance to purchase an airline ticket for him in an attempt to fly out of the country, the United States says. After getting arrested by the FBI, who was conducting physical surveillance of Khrushchev and his meetings, he listed prior companies the gang had targeted and also revealed that each of these targeted companies had a person working at those companies who installed malware on behalf of the gang. To be noted, it is quite possible that a few high-profile ransomware and data breach attacks might have been executed in the same way by conspiring with the insiders. So this is a big problem. And let's think about this. So they offered a million dollars. They offered to pay an employee a million dollars. So how much money were they going to be able to make off of this attack? How big was this company? Now, I did see somewhere that it was a casino that they were targeting. I don't know if that's true or not, but I did read that somewhere else. So Um, cyber attack. This is on infosecurity-magazine.com. Cyber attack on Rialto. School district in Los Angeles, a cyber attack has shut down virtual classes in Los Angeles school district two weeks after the FBI issued a cybersecurity warning to schools offering online learning. In a grim foreshadowing of what was to come, FBI supervisory special agent Corey Harris said on August 11th, we want all school districts to be prepared and understand that there's a possibility that they could be attacked. With so many kids that will be conducting school virtually, they That increases the risk that opens the door for an attacker to actually compromise either the school district's network or the kids' computers. Online classes were suspended at Rialto Unified School District on Monday following a malware attack. A statement posted on the district's website on Sunday said that online learning hosted by its Bridge Academy had been halted indefinitely while an investigation was underway to determine the nature and scope of the cyber attack. The statement read, Rialto Unified School District has been affected by malware, malware which is software that is specifically designed to disrupt, damage, or gain unauthorized access to the company to the computer system. RUSD instruction will be, which is short for Rialto Unified School District, will be suspended until further notice while we investigate that n- the nature of the scope of the malware. So, education system is really coming under fire. We had zoomed down, I believe Monday that was, and that caused disruption for some schools. And now that we have this, and it sounds like they believe this will continue to occur um this is a larger school district, so for what that's worth, but um you know, school getting disrupted, you know i I mean Los Angeles, you probably don't have to worry about snow days anyway, but in you know where I am in much of the u s we have to worry about snow days, but now we don't, so different ways, I guess we're gonna we're gonna miss school days. Um, This year, they did not... Normally, they're in Connecticut anyway. There is a 180-day minimum requirement for schools, so they have to have 180 school days. This year, they have lifted that limitation, so we'll see what happens. Um, On Bleepy Computer, Microsoft delays Windows 10-1803 end-of-service due to pandemic. Microsoft Today announced being yesterday, announced that the scheduled end-of-service date for Enterprise, Education, and IoT Enterprise editions of Windows 10 version 1803 is being pushed back to May 11th, 2021 due to current public health situation. Windows 10 version 1803, otherwise known as the April 2018 update, would have reached end-of-service on November 10th according to Windows Lifecycle Fact Sheet. This means that devices running Windows 10, 1803 Enterprise Education and IoT Enterprise editions will continue to receive monthly security updates through May 11, 2021, through Windows 10 Update, Windows service, Server Update Services, and the Microsoft Update Catalog. So that is good news for those of you that need the updates. If you are still using Windows 10, 1803, you should really update anyway. Um, I, it's, oh, it's odd to me, though, that they would end Windows 10, 1803, but not Windows 8. That, that to me is odd. Also on Bleepy Computer, Microsoft tests fix for bug that defrags SSD drives too often. Windows 10 May 2020 update, otherwise known as version 2004, was released in May with at least 10 known issues. Microsoft later expanded the list of the problems and acknowledged that this feature update is also plagued with a bug that breaks drive-optimized tool. After upgrading to Windows 10 version 2004, users observed that optimized drives, also known as defragmentation tool, is not correctly recording the last time a drive has been optimized as a result when you open the tool you will see that the ssd drive says it needs optimization even though you've mainly optimized the drives already or automatic maintenance was run this morning since the last optimization times are forgotten windows 10 built-in maintenance tool started defragging an ssd drive much more often when you restart windows with windows 10 build 1904 2.487 20 h2 For insiders, Microsoft has finally resolved all the problems with the optimized drives, also known as defragmentation tool. As we know, defragging an SSD too much is not good for the drive. After ignoring reports and feedback for more than five months, Microsoft is finally fixing the defragmentation problem with build 19042.487 in beta channel. Microsoft is also expected to release these fixes for non-insiders using Windows 10 May 2020 update version 2004 later this week. On Bleepy Computer as well, New Zealand Stock Exchange halted trading after DDoS attack. New Zealand Stock Exchange, NZX, has been impacted by distributed denial of service attacks during the last two days, forcing it to shut down trading until the connectivity issues were resolved. NZX operates New Zealand's capital, risk, and commodity markets, and it supplies market information, including real-time Stock quotes, market data, and news. The stock market announced around 7 a.m. today that it was able to restore services after it had to halt, halt cash markets yesterday afternoon following what it called a volumetric DDoS attack. Yesterday afternoon, which would have been Tuesday afternoon, or I'm sorry, Wednesday afternoon, NZX experienced a volumetric, no, it would have been Tuesday afternoon, sorry, It's confusing with the time zones. A volumetric DDoS distributed denial service attack from offshore via its network service provider, which impacted NZX network connectivity, a memo in the stock markets website says. The systems impacted included NZX websites and the markets announcement platform. As such, NZX decided to halt trading in its cash markets at approximately 3.57 p.m. The attack was able to be mitigated and connectivity has now been restored to NZX. However, a recurring DDoS attack from today forced NZX to once again halt trading at 11:14 a.m. after NZX's website and markets announcement platform were affected. 4 hours later, at 3 p.m., the NZX Main Board, NZX Debt Market and Fonterra Shareholders Market that had to be shut down were back to normal trading once the attack ended and connectivity was restored. According to an NZ Herald report, NZX later said that if that it has been in close contact with market participants and appreciates the support and level of understanding during the periods of disruption to trading. While NZX's alerts don't name the threat actor behind the attack or the method used in the launch of the, the, the DDoS attacks, there is a high probability that they use the services of sites offering DDoS for higher services, aka stressors or booters. Lately, law enforcement agencies around the world have been shutting down dozens of booters used by pranksters, threat actors, or hacktivists to launch large-scale DDoS attacks against online services and sites. For instance, the Dutch police's cybercrime team took down 15 booters within a single week during early April in joint operations with external parties, including hosters or registrars, other international police forces, Europol, Interpol, and FBI. Besides taking down stressors, law enforcement agencies also hunting down those who use them with hundreds of individuals already under investigation following Operation Power Off. As part of this operation, the web stressor booter, a service that had 151,000 registered users at the time of its shutdown, was taken down in April of 2018. Afterward, DDoS mitigation from Link 11 reported that DDoS attacks went down approximately 60% across Europe. A Kaspersky Lab report estimates that the financial impact a DDoS incident has on small business could be as much as $120,000, while larger orgs could end up having to spend $2 million on average to restore services after each attack. Uh, We have a warning from CISA and the FBI. So the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and the Department of Treasury and the fbi and us cyber command have released a joint technical alert with three malware analysis tools on the north korean government's atm cash out scheme this is dubbed fast cash referred to yeah what i just said that the us government refers to the group behind fast cash as beagle boys a subset of hidden cobra which is an advanced persistent threat for from north korea they um i think they're also called lazarus um and then there are links to to a bunch of technical documents from the CISA regarding fast cash. Now, it's a lot, a lot of technical information, and we'll be here forever going through it, and it'll probably just bore you to death. So, I will tell you what it is. It is they are using rent, remote access tools to gain access to um, computers and ATMs around the world, not just the U.S., but around the world. So, so far there have not been any reported targeted banks in the U.S., but they have targeted banks all over the world, um, Western Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere, just all over the place. And um, so it is a very serious threat, and there are warnings that they are going to be attacking U.S. banks. So if you're in a bank, you work IT in a bank, or you manage a bank, or whatever it might be, be aware that this is coming most likely um, they use a variety of tools and techniques to gain access to financial institutions network learn the topology to discover key systems and monetize their access they do use a wide range of tactics and uh, methods to gain access to to the networks some of those being spear phishing and phishing, and probably one of the most common ones. Again, phishing accounts for 90%, 90% of malware and ransomware attacks begin with a phishing attack. So you need to shore up your phishing and, and those attacks are getting more sophisticated. Each and every time I see one, it's more sophisticated than the last one. So you need to train your people, you need to have phishing mitigation in place and you need to be ready just in case it does happen. The attacks are happening. You it is up to you to stop them now. We do have uh I think five five HIPAA breaches to report here, so making up for, for the rest of the week, I guess. Severna Park, Maryland based Dynasplint Systems, a manufacturer of proprietary sketching, I'm sorry, stretching devices to improve joint motion has experienced a cyber attack in which personal and protected health information may have been accessed or stolen. The security breach occurred on May 16th, assisted by a digital forensics firm, uh, Dynasplint Systems, determined on June 4th, 2020, that information such as names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, and medical information was accessed by the attackers. The the cyber attack was reported to the FBI, and Dynasplint Systems is cooperating with the investigation to hold the individuals responsible accountable. Whoever wrote that is smart because they are taking the shift off of them and putting it on the hackers. But the breach report submitted to the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Civil Rights, indicates 102,800 individuals were potentially affected by the attack. Uh, it, doesn't say, it doesn't say what the attack was. So I don't know if it's phishing or if it's something else. I guess we'll have to wait to find out. Pinnacle Clinical... Research say that five times fast. Pinnacle Clinical Research, a San Antonio, Texas based medical clinical research organization that runs hepatological and gastro gastroentological clinical trials in San Antonio and Austin, Texas, has announced it has suffered a phishing attack. The email account breach was detected in April, assisted by independent IT security and forensic investigators, Pinnacle Clinical Research determined on or around May eighth that the compromised email account contained the sensitive information of clinical trial participants. The breach was limited to a single email account, which was found to contain information such as names, mailing addresses, telephone numbers, medical histories, and treatment information. A subset of affected individuals may also have had one or more of the following data elements exposed, date of birth, social security number, driver's license number, state ID number, taxpayer ID number, passport number, credit card, financial account number, associated PIN or password, email address, and or health insurance individual policy number. Compromised email account was immediately secured when the breach was discovered and steps have been taken to improve the privacy and security of information stored in its systems. Affected individuals have been offered complimentary identity theft protection and credit monitoring services for 12 months. The Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York City has discovered personal information has potentially been compromised in March 2020, phishing attack. The email account breach was detected on June 22nd, so that was a couple of months, three months. The investigation revealed a single email account was accessed by an unauthorized in, in, individual between March 3rd and 4th. It took them three months to discover that, though. I don't know why. Third-party cybersecurity professionals assisted with an extensive forensic investigation and the manual document review confirmed that names and personal information, including social security numbers, had potentially been accessed, although no evidence was found suggesting data was stolen in the attack. Out of abundance of caution, affected individuals have been offered complimentary identity theft protection services, and significant measures have been implemented to prevent further breaches in the future. Who's getting tired of hearing that? Lafayette, Colorado-based Mental Health Center of Boulder County, Inc., a.k.a. Mental Health Partners, experienced a phishing attack in in late March in which employee information and protected health information of some of its clients were potentially compromised. Assisted by forensic investigators, mental health partners determined on July 22nd that the following information may have been subjected to unauthorized access or could have been stolen in the attack. Names, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license, state identification, card numbers, passport numbers, financial account information, medical record numbers, medical treatment information including symptom, diagnosis, treatment, medication, and doctor information, and or health insurance information. Um, And then the same stuff. Affected individuals have been offered complimentary credit monitoring. No evidence was found to indicate data was stolen or misused. Mental Health Partners has reviewed its internal policies and procedures following the attack and uh, additional safeguards are being implemented to enhance digital security. Haven't heard that at all have we and last one more than a dozen boxes of old medical records have been found in at an odessa texas recycling center the re- records appear to have come from west texas orthopedics which is a part of midland health is not known how the records came to be at the recycling center and why they were not disposed of securely in accordance with HIPAA rules we have a team on site at Odessa recycling center they have looked through all records and determined that they do not belong to us The name West Texas Orthopedics has been used by other entities in the past, but these records predate our ownership, said Midland Health, in a statement issued about the breach. So at least that one's a little different. Now, uh, there was five of these breaches, I think four of them, because the fifth one doesn't have any timeline on it, but it looks like four of them didn't honor the 60-day breach notification rules um uh, so that that in itself is a is a HIPAA violation so take that for what it's worth um we you know stop letting people into your email let's start with that turn on multi-factor authentication teach your people what to do and stop letting this be a problem and then maybe stop storing records in email i get that sometimes you know individual files might get emailed but there should not be hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of records in an email That is going to do it for the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily for Thursday. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.